Time Fan Life Project series Midday Ramblings with Q. Oh my. I am Q. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You had it last uh, time, but a little struggle this time. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty good. A little struggle this time. It's just, yeah. it's not midday. I mean, was, it's not midday. It's it's night. It's not midday. It's a, little, it's a little later. So the mind goes a little bonkers more when the sun's down. And we just experienced a new moon. Yeah. You guys yes. can see the stars well where you are. Very well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's pretty dark. Yeah, here. I actually, I actually um, uh, went to like a campfire last night with a few friends, so I could see the stars. It was still near the city, so not near as well as I'm sure you guys are seeing them. But the stars were out really well in Nashville last night. Is a campfire just like a landmark for anyone to show up at? Like, what kind of? Was someone having a campfire? No, campfire is just a campfire out there. <laughs> or a bon a bon I should say a bonfire, a not bonfire. a campfire. It, like friend my my friend's backyard bonfire. Oh, okay. Cool. That's yeah. cool. We had despite, a fire last night too. Despite didn't no. we? Yeah. Despite we despite didn't? COVID I figured it'd be healthy to hang out with human beings. Mm. Around a fire, but we're hanging out, so we right? did, and we're hanging out too, because you can still hang out via Facetimes. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I kind of like yeah. you better virtually than in person. So. Ouch. Well, I'm pretty good in both uh, realms. <laughs> I think I need another test run in person. So if you want to come out here again, that would be cool. <laughs> again, when did he That's... come out here the first time? Uh, I don't know. He hasn't <laughs> come out since we've been in the van. Yeah, that's true. I have not seen you guys in per. Well, I've seen Amy in person since mm -hmm. you've moved out to the van, but that's true. Not both of you. Um. Anyway, audience, <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> we're talking about. We're talking, about, about e we're talking about the midnight gospel right now. We just watched episode seven. Uh, seven of eight. Seven of eight. Yeah, we're nearing the end of our midnight gospel series here. We're in light. Um. But. What? I said we're enlightened, just like yes. Fancy. We're, we're enlightened. We're enlightened now. We're enlightened, we're enlightened now. Uh -huh. We're, enlightened, we're now. enlightened now. Butt plug of our minds. Butt plug. Butt plug. We're enlightened. Butt plug. <laughs> I'm enlightened. If you haven't watched the episode, you probably have no idea. You what have we're no idea about. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea what's going on. Um, but this episode. Uh, oh, did you look up the lady? Yes, I did. Her uh, name's Caitlin. Caitlin Do Doty. Doty. Doty, yeah, yes. that's right. And basically, I mean, who she is is pretty much a lot of what the podcast was talking about. She is an author. She's a YouTube personality. Um, what? Did it say any of those in the show? She's just talking about death. Well, I'm getting to what her <laughs> books and her YouTube shows Go. are about. They're about death. Ah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So a lot of the message, a lot of the core message that she shares in Midnight Gospel is what her books and her videos talk about. Okay. So I assume because uh, they don't necessarily go this far. She talks about the history of the funeral business and embalming mm -hmm. and uh, other stuff. And she's kind of in the form of death. But I assume she's a big proponent of like more natural burials yes. as well, yes. which which they which they don't um, push necessarily, but they just talk about the weird history of um, the funeral business. Well, and she does. Kind she of... does push what home 
home, home deaths. Home deaths or home home deaths. Yes, she home deaths. Those is that what they're called? Home deaths. Home. That's what I remembered it as. Home okay. death. Home death. <laughs> yeah, basically where I you. I believe that. I believe that's correct. If you have a loved one passing away in your house, you let it happen and you just sit with them for a while instead of immediately calling someone else to come take them away. Yeah, sitting with yeah. the death, with the dead person. So it's also, I mean, it's a lot for the person who's doing that. It's a, I think it's part of their grieving and letting go process. But what about for the yeah, people who I die think... alone? <laughs> well, well, maybe their pets will get a good meal out of them. But, um, <laughs> but, uh... Leia, get ready. No, that's... I. Yeah, Leia, get ready. Um, so Do dogs eat is... people? I thought cats were the only one who eat who eats dead corpses. Didn't I always hear that? I always hear that if you die and you have a cat, that the cat will start eating your corpse, but dogs won't. But it, it's eventually. This like, like they're not just gonna immediately go sound... for it. I I don't know. I mean, this sounds like sounds like some cat conspiracy theory <laughs> thrown out there. Okay, cats. let's get off of that conspiracy theory <laughs> before we get too far down there. Um, but uh, so the yeah the I guess grieving was something we had talked or like death and grieving. Was something we talked about in episode two. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's episode two. Br- briefly. Nice memory cue. Briefly, so. Um, so I, uh, think we mentioned at the time that none of us have had like, the heavier losses that a lot of people will experience in their lifetime yet. I think between mm-hmm. the three of us, but um. But the talk of uh. Or I guess her as death in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I want. I, sorry, Where sorry. are you going with this I, one? I want, sorry, I, w- I wanted to talk about the visuals, and then I didn't really know how to lead into the subject of the visuals of uh, death, because like first they kind of make it a comedy. Yes. Like sketch. He like says all the weird stuff he wants death to be represented as. Well, we always catch up um, on the uh, the ribbon first, and in the ribbon, Clancy is repairing everything. Right. This is even before he goes into the world. We're just diving right into oh, the content. Oh yeah. And we talked yeah, a lot we're, about we're what diving right in into the, world the last episode. That is true, because last episode he was mostly in the real world, and uh, this episode is definitely heavier back into his uh, simulator. Uh, but the beginning, he's like, yeah, he's convinced he's enlightened after his short conversation with David at the end of episode six. <laughs> Very short conversation. Um, <laughs> and I love how, like, immediately yeah. when he gets to his planet, he just tries to meditate. Like, I feel like that's just oh, like, yeah. oh, I'm enlightened. This is just what I do now all the time. <laughs> you know, like, I get someone who yeah, I just I'm just meditate. meditate and, like, all the time. He didn't care where his world simulator <laughs> was sending him or what avatar he was like, yeah, give me a boring avatar because he's enlightened now and everything's yeah. different. No more problems. But then he needed yeah. water for no more his problems. water slide. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he went to a completely blank, boring planet, essentially just to meditate. And then within like two seconds, he's like, I'm bored. <laughs> and makes it <laughs> and makes his own slide, but he doesn't have water for it. And he gets 
he jumps inside his own sack, which is like this never-ending resource. Sack. Or his bag or whatever. His I believe sack. he calls it a bag. He refers it to it as a bag several times. <laughs> he even makes a pun on the word so. bag at the end. So it's a bag. Yes, it's a bag. You know, sack bag. Knapsack. Um, <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, Clancy finds death in his bag, which, uh, I don't know, I guess I haven't tried to read into, like, if there's anything symbolic with, like, death is waiting in your bag for you. I mean, death is always closer it's than you think, right? That's the same. Yeah, it's in the bag. Also, Clancy had a shit ton of stuff in his bag, so it's only fair that death was down there. There was a little dude running around with a water hose and lots of other crazy things. His bag was essentially the world, <laughs> a world in its own. Bag is a circus. The bag is a circus. <laughs> and he's, uh, so yeah. <laughs> so so Clancy's Clancy's trying to receive a hose to get water for his slide so he can enjoy his boring planet. Um, but as uh, as such, he gets to meditate on death and learn about the history of. The uh, burial business, or embalming business, or funeral business, I guess is the right word. All of the above, That started in, like, the civil... Yes, and they don't go too in-depth with it, but I guess it's implied during the Civil War. Um, there's a lot of people who... Uh, they wanted to preserve their bodies, and so there were people that were waiting near the battle sites would find bodies and like uh, fill them up with uh, things to preserve the bodies and then show it off and be like, hey, if you pay us, uh, we'll do this if your son dies. Well, they and... were, yeah, they were doing it for like people who lived in the north and their loved ones who were soldiers who went down south to fight. If they, if they died doing that, they were wanting to see their loved ones. And so the only way to get the dead bodies from the south to the north, obviously, was it took a while. So since it takes a while, they didn't want the bodies to decompose, so they figured out a way to make that not happen, basically. Yes. So that the bodies could arrive to their um, loved ones that... looking presentable. But then also she yeah, talks about exactly. how more than they were presentable and not decomposing, it was just the aspect of but now the bodies were safe <laughs> once the embalmers mm -hmm. had taking care of them because that was actually the worry at the time oh, right, and it's still like right. a perceived notion amongst society today is that when a, someone dies you think it's immediately like unsafe or unclean and um i think that's yeah. just talking about the home death where the, the dead body is not actually unsafe unless it has like a very serious disease already then it's not mm -hmm. but so that's how the embalmers were spinning it it's like we can make this body safe to send back to your family Mm -hmm. And then they would just make sure it didn't decompose so that the people who were driving the trains would actually take the dead body with them. Right? Yes. Like, and then once, yes, and then once yes. the war was over, they were able to bring that just out into the general public. Yes. Exactly. Which I realize now, this, <laughs> this show came out right after COVID started. I'm sure they recorded all this before. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, I don't really know how long COVID stays on a dead body. I guess that's a subject uh, that we don't have to dive into. But yes, but uh, he does like mention the things that make a a living human 
dangerous with the disease is the stuff like coughing, sneezing, touching things. Like a yeah, dead person yeah. is doing none yeah. of that. So even if they had COVID, it would be very easy not to contract it from that person. Based <laughs> yeah. on what we know. They're Based no, on what we know. Based on what we, well, they're no longer breathing, and breathing yes. is the main way to, yeah, pass it. So, um, but yeah, I, I just the idea of kind of sitting with it, and I mean, uh, she, the guest who plays death, uh, in the virtual world, um, kind of like talks about how a lot of people have a spiritual experience, kind of being in the room with the dead body and kind of being able to kind of like sit with it and kind of grieve on the spot. Um, and yeah, just not being worried that the body is sick. It's just like sitting with death itself. Have you ever been with the dead body, Cusick? Like that, in that scenario? Um, I... I mean, I like held you, my black died. lab. Oh. Uh, not a person, not a person, but I held my black lab when they put her down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big animal person, and so, you know, that was one thing where, maybe for like a couple minutes, you know, she was just lying in my lap, mm-hmm. and she had passed. Um, I then went to my car and cried in my car most of the time, but. Uh, but I also just like cried right there and just kind of like held her while she, you know, like breathed her last breath. Your dog's name was Lucy, so, right? Lucy? Was that yeah, it? Lucy. Lucy. Forward out for Lucy tonight, Lucy, homies. <laughs> yeah, f- yeah, full full name was uh, Lucy Goosey Woofy Muffin. Uh, <laughs> Did that fit on her um, name tag? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't fit on her name tag, but that was, that was the full version. Um, She's the one girl yeah, dog I'd... to hump all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She did hump a couple of my friends when we first moved there. Yeah, yeah. She's a bit strange. As most dogs. But she's do. a good one. Well, yeah. She was my first dog growing up. Like I think I was seven when we got her, and she lived to about fifteen, so I was twenty-two when we put her down. So you know, I lived with her for that long. Wow. Uh, and so. Yeah, and I and I also went to the vet by myself. Like I was the one that went. Oh wow, you're the and only one who went. Yeah. So was that a? How would you describe that experience? Well, it was. I mean, like painful, but it was such a release to just like cry and like sit on everything or like nothing's permanent Mm -hmm. and like all the things uh that you love you get to still carry with you like i still have fond memories of that dog but she's gone um and it's kind of yeah you just kind of get this flush of understanding the the circle of life as it were Shout out to Lion King, Simba. Because uh, <laughs> I, I can just to, imagine that an experience like that obviously would be deeply painful. And also at the same time, maybe peaceful. Well, yeah. I mean, there was also like a feeling of like she had a good life. And, you know, me and my family made sure she had a good life and like. Uh, I don't know, I was, I was really connected to that dog, and as well, my cat, who died a few years before, um, 
Damn, we're like they were the family pet. Personal. Oh family well, yeah. Pet well, deaths. the family pet. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the family pets uh, or the pets were like kind of family pets initially, and they kind of became Alex's pets. And then you know, I also worked with animals for like over eight years, so my childhood pet stories are are pretty pretty close to me. Um, but uh, yeah, my cat had died a few years earlier as well. So, but I just we like found him in the garage. Um, and buried him pretty quickly, and I don't know. I have great stories about my cat, too. But I don't, I don't have to go down that path. But, yeah, just, like, learning to just kind of sit with it. Um, I don't really know, like, how to explain it, but there is, like, a release. You'll probably cry if you go through a loss of um, a person or pet that you've really connected with. But I can imagine, too, it just... Yeah. I feel like with death, there's a lot of things that are obviously a lot of things that are unknown and kind of how Caitlin in the episode touches on how we, it's just kind of like culturally thought of as like a dead body is like not safe. Um, I feel like it's also kind of socially acceptable and culturally taught, at least for us, that like death is like, I don't know, there's like a fear around it for sure. And so I can only imagine that sitting with someone or an animal or a living thing and watching, you know, being with it as it passes on and sitting in that moment for a little bit longer can not necessarily give you answers that you can articulate, but maybe help ease some of that fear or allow you to release some of that unknown that just surrounds death. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't watched it again yet, although I've watched it many times, but the first season of True Detective, uh, there's, uh, oh, spoilers for True Detective, I guess, because I'm about to talk about the end of it. Major spoilers. Spoilers for True Detective. Because it's a good show, and if you haven't watched it, you should go watch yeah. the first season at least. And I'm, st- I'm assuming you're cu- talking about the first season, Cusick, yeah? He's talking about the first season. Yeah, the yeah the yes. first season, which I've wa- I've watched multiple times. It's like one of my favorite viewing experiences. All right, it's, spoiler. It's dark and it might spoilers might happening give you now. Nightmares. But spoilers happening now. At the end, um, Matthew McConaughey's character kind of like almost dies, and he kind of like falls into this. Um, kind of talks about talking into this like falling into a dark void and just feeling like connected with everything that had been a part of his life. And um, I can't exactly remember the way he articulates it, and it's not that I've had a near-death experience like that, but when holding, or like, especially holding my dog and like feeling her last breath and kind of sitting with her for a couple minutes, it just felt like there was something refreshing in being like, I know she just like fell into the void of life, which is also death, and one day, like, we all join that void. So there's something uh, beautiful in that, I think. Like, you know, wh- whether you believe in an afterlife ex- exactly, I just like the way um, Matthew McConaughey's character articulates at the end that he like feels his father and his daughter and um, people that he was connected to when he was like close to death and like in the void. Um, I kind of felt that when, when my pets died, like, oh, they're in a void that I'm going to be joining with them, and it'll be 
warm. And I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, yeah. That's cool. Maybe that's why we disagree on the ending of True Detective, because I haven't had any pets die like that. You disagree. <laughs> we don't disagree. <laughs> disagree. I just did not like the ending at all. But that we can talk like about ending, that show yeah. on another midday rambling, right? Ooh. Maybe we should go through that show. Wow, next, that's it has true. A lot we of great we could do that. <laughs> it does. I actually, I, I very much would be done with that. And one. Maybe should make that the next again. Amy just saw it for the first time within the last year. A year or two, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably the past couple years. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's only, I think that's also only eight episodes. Maybe that should be the next one. All right, we're planning the next one while we're, <laughs> while recording, we're recording episode it. seven. If anyone has votes on what we should do next, too, you can uh, throw them out wherever we tally votes here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> however, you wanna, however you want to vote on what we should talk about next in the Midday Ramblings, get it in somehow. Be creative. Be yeah. creative. But no, back to Midnight Email Gospel. Email me at nowhere. Midnight Gospel. I don't know what were some of I don't know you guys other thoughts as you were watching this episode was like there any uh, part of the conversation that especially struck you as interesting or noteworthy? Well, definitely everything we just talked about. <laughs> like just that whole idea of sitting with death or sitting in the presence of death or sitting with a dead body, um, just as it is, all natural. That whole dialogue is just really, really intriguing to me. It's something that I have not thought of just on my own or, like, talked to people about. And so just kind of sitting with that idea makes sense. That feels like a natural response. Instead of just sending your loved one off and I don't it kind of I know it's probably really really hard in the moment I'm sure I can't even put words to it but it also has to just be it feels like it would be healthy for the grieving process well yeah I mean with the body I Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean assuming uh (laughs) you know we we came from tribal cultures where like that did happen like someone in the tribe would die and you would like you know burn the body and everyone would stare at it as you burned it and some you know someone might sing a chant or whatever but everyone would kind of be there with the body um you know there's uh also i'm now thinking of other great media but that movie uh the darjeeling limited one of wes anderson's films kind of deals with uh, death and uh, life and having kids and um, but it's a film about brothers hanging out and trying to have a spiritual journey in India but they also just do drugs the whole time just so it's, two brothers it's a humor humor three brothers three humorous brothers. film it's called three brothers. <laughs> three brothers three it's called three, three brothers. brothers I do I feel like uh, the subject of the home death though it comes up so casually in the show and like how many opportunities do people have to like sit with a dead body in their life like what if they like I feel like it's just I don't, I don't know she was normalizing how most people would probably just like call someone to take the body away but I'm like how many times has someone come across this like the only opportunity I guess I have right now is if I stumbled upon you dead in the bed or something 
And I feel like I'd be like, holy or shit. Jet. Like, yeah, or Jet. And then, like. <laughs> a little more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you yeah, never know. Yeah, yeah. If Jet outlives one of us. Jet doesn't gotta, do yoga. Everyone else has to do a shot. Jet doesn't do yoga. <laughs> yeah, <it> doesn't do <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, how many opportunities in life are you going to have to do that? She kind of makes it sound like it's like, oh, every week, you you know, sit with that dead body this week. No. <laughs> maybe she's talking more yeah. metaphorically. <laughs> but, like, you know, if I walked in and saw you dead, maybe a immediate reaction would be like, oh, no, I got to call someone immediately. And then I did. And then later I'm like, oh, shit, I should have sat with Amy's corpse for a day. And then I won't ever get the opportunity to do it again. Like, that was it. I blew my one chance. You sold me off. I sold you That's off. True. So that was weird. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, but I was just like I, I that doesn't like, the, like that doesn't happen on a regular basis to a lot of people. I don't think. I know she maybe she does. She deals with death on a different. I guess I was thinking level. more of terms of like hospice care. Okay, but even that, how many people are hospice workers? No one here is a hospice worker. I'm just not around. Yeah, a I work at a retirement home. Corpses, cadavers. I'm not around. I'm not around a lot of corpses, but people die often where I work now. I'm working at a retirement home, so um, I mean, I'm not saying they're like falling so off like flies or anything. you should ask your supervisor if you can go in and sit with the dead bodies once they die in their rooms. Well, they normally go to the hospital and die. Excuse me while I yawn a little but bit. But surely, <laughs> um, surely some uh, of them have to die at the house. Or at the, oh yeah, they the they they do. I mean, like I've I've knocked on doors and like someone was dead on the other side of the door and I didn't know it. Whoa! So that'll happen. And so we've all had grandparents die, right? Yes. We have. And I think since we have we talked about episode two, I think we've at least had more family die. Mhm. For via COVID. Oh, okay. Which was oh, probably really? the next. I didn't know that. Yeah, I had just had my uncle pass. Um. Like last like a month. month ago, yeah. yeah. My one oh, wow. uncle on from, my mom's side from COVID and other. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Uh, one of my friend's dads recently died um, from COVID. He was only fifty-eight, and um, but the interesting thing is, uh, my friend, he's the one that adopted my dog's sister and lives in North Carolina. Uh, his final paper for college was about the funeral business and natural burials and he actually used to help with natural burials and sky burials when he lived in Oregon um and uh so he like you know he would like tend bodies as they were getting like eaten by birds and stuff for days uh people that would ask for that kind of death or that kind of um way for their body to be resourced after they died in Oregon, I don't think that you can even legally do that in every state in the U.S. Like, have your body just kind of like Probably over not. a pit. Yeah, yeah I was going like to ask, what's the, what's the process? So, um, I might get some of the details wrong, and I don't know if I doubt Matt is listening, but hey, Matt, if you're listening, sorry if I get some details wrong. Let's but, get um, Matt listening. If Matt isn't listening, get Matt listening. Yeah, I need to get Matt listening. Um, but he, like, my my mom is actually currently interested in natural burials, which is interesting. For although herself, my dad isn't necessarily or in. for her dad. <laughs> or for her husband. <laughs> for your dad. Well, 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 for both both of them. But uh, he hasn't thought as much about it. He talks more about his obituary than his the way his remains will be taken care of after he's dead. Oh, I assume, did your grandparents have... 
Did your grandparents have uh, like open casket um, ceremonies? I believe my grandfather had an open casket um, uh, like visitation, but technically the the ceremony the ceremony was closed. Well, the the funeral ceremony, right, right, right. Yes. Um, I know some of mine did. Okay. But like I think, that's the best I think all I my grandparents. You. Yeah, your grandma did, right? All my grand, yeah. yeah, all my grandparents. You know, had at least a time where the casket casket was open to the family to uh, sit with. But yeah, they would you know preserve the body, um, and uh, apparently that's really like bad for the environment too, because the caskets when you close it like the way the body's supposed to decompose if it decomposes in a box it like can collect i think certain things like potentially methane and i think i've even heard that uh some like graveyards might be like tiny little uh, bomb fields in a sense yes. you know like eventually you know the ground is going to mm-hmm. like explode oh, or whatever cemeteries are um, a complete waste of space on earth in my opinion <laughs> yeah well well, like, you know, honoring the dead is, is great, but, um, yeah, having a space and all these burial plots, it's very wasteful, to be honest. It's not very, like, forward-thinking, and it was kind of a part of a religious movement that, you know, you needed to preserve the body to ascend or something, but, you know, I think it's all the more beautiful to rot into the earth and come part with the trees and the mushrooms yeah. and the you other re- stuff. I you mean, know, you, have... you return to the earth that you came to from. The dust. Like, you want to talk about circle of life. That's like the connecting circle right there. Well, I think Caitlin talks about in the, in the episode how it was like Protestant at the time was mm-hmm. the whole reason why the, I mean, you explained the process yeah. of the shipping the bodies back north for the families to see because all of them were Protestants and it was something to do with like they needed to see the dead person in order for it to like pass, pass on. on and so that's how the whole process of yeah. embalming in the Civil War came about and then just carried on but it's yeah it's so wasteful and not <laughs> environmentally friendly yeah. and uh, all I'm going to say is I when I die whenever that is Cusick you can be witness to this I just want to be burned or whatever I don't care just get rid of my corpse and then don't have a funeral. Just go like drink a beer on a mountain, and that'll be it. Yeah, that's that's valid. We can all make this a a, a verbal testimony since we can't hire lawyers to write our wills. But yeah, if any three of us die, I think we all either want to just be like I want to be a buried tree. naturally or buried naturally or cremated or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or is cream? I don't know. I don't know much about the cremation business, but. I don't know I either. It's cleaner than the. It just seems to take up less space because you're just a pile of ash. But yeah, you're just ash, and you can get spread. You know, spread me across a little Moab. Or brew. If I get, brew if I get you cremated. And some coffee, drink it that morning, and then spread your ashes <laughs> that evening in Moab. What movie? That was in a date. movie. Due, Due date. Due date. Due date. That was it. Galfandakis. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, Robert Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Yes. That's right. And Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Good call. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw that film, but that was a good one. It's a good one. It's um, a good one-off random comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I, I think uh, that's like an interesting conversation that I kind of want to do more digging into. Oh, and I was talking about my friend Matt. Like, yeah, he tended bodies when he was in Oregon. Um, he still like helps with the natural burials, I think, in North Carolina, but Is that not near as often. Work? Um, no, he gets paid to do it. I guess he has, I don't know, history with, I mean, he's worked for funeral businesses, I guess. Gotcha. Um, Morgues? So, Is that what they call yeah, them? Yeah, but What's he's... A funeral business he's called? A mortuary? Well, mortuary? A mor mortuary? Yeah, a mortuary, I guess, would be a term of, like, dealing with the bodies afterwards. So, anyway, I don't know the correct title to give him. Uh, but in Oregon, yeah, he would uh, tend to bodies that had requested, I think, what are called sky burials. So, basically, your body gets put out... Uh, you know, they make kind of a little bit of an altar type thing with a, a ditch, a pit underneath. They kind of put your body up and you get fed to the birds and stuff. And your body deteriorates over, you know, a few weeks, I think, until eventually it kind of becomes smaller. And uh, the rest of your body falls into the pit. And once it seems like there's nothing really much left that any creatures... Uh, on the land or that fly are going to be able to take resource of uh, your dead body, then he would fill up the hole, but he would have to check on the body, you know, uh, at least a few times a week and see like where it was at before uh, covering the hole. Now that so, would be an interesting pretty. I know, that's so, sure. like, so very, interesting. Yeah. I think that could, could tear down a lot of fears with death, <laughs> is watching corpses oh, yeah. being naturally devoured and, and decomposed by the earth well like i mean sitting even people here, you don't know like sitting here you think like oh i feel like some people might think oh that sounds so like violent or scary i don't know there is mm -hmm. like some scary aspect to that but like when you really sit and think about it it's just so natural like i don't know yeah. why i almost think maybe we think we're like above that in a way like it seems too animalistic you know? To let our corpses be eaten by animals. Yeah. Like, maybe as humans, yeah. we think we're above that, and oh no, we need to be in this chamber, in this palace, and like, our body needs to be preserved, and needs to look good, and... Well, yeah, where did the where did the whole background on getting buried in coffins come from? Is that like an Egyptian thing, where if you people who you could put possessions in with you to take them to the other to world the afterlife. because yeah the coffins yeah. is a problem coffins are an issue <laughs> not just how we're yeah and the i burial, mean it's but a the coffins too one they're expensive as shit why are people wasting money on storing dead people yeah like store stuff you know when you're living but when you're dead just i it seems wasteful. <laughs> well, so I mean, it seems so wasteful. I mean, I do it's think space. in the ancient times, people who did that so they could carry things on to the next life, I really think they thought they go to the next life with you. So I hope they actually thought it to and do maybe it. I hope they, they were do. just like, well. How do we know? <laughs> maybe they do. Yeah. I guess we d we don't know. I mean, I'm going to be the asshole in death who's just completely naked with no possessions and everyone's laughing at me in their houses because I don't want to bring anything. I know. I'll I be laughing a lot. You're going to take all that stuff. No. Well, I think that's the thing with death is, like, 
Maybe you think you get to take materials with you, but most likely, even if there's an afterlife, you ain't taking any fucking materials with you. Sorry for the language audience. Most likely. Sorry, but you're sorry, telling me sorry there's for still the language. a chance I can take money they're to telling the me there's still a chance to eternity. Because I could play Skyrim so, for all of death. For all of eternity. All of, all of life and all of death. Skyrim. Oh, if death was just Skyrim, that'd be cool. Salvagard okay waits, that. brother. Savin God waits. Uh, Wait, I know you. <laughs> Butchered the delivery, but it was pretty good. Wait, I know you. Wait, I know you. Oh, you mean the inflection? <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. I know you. I know you. How about uh, I used to be an adventurer like you till I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> have you heard that one yet? Uh, Those it from hasn't stuck. If I have. Those warriors from Hammerfell, they have curved swords. Curved swords. Okay. That's my favorite one. Okay. Let's come back. Let's come back. <laughs> Sorry, I took a step. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. Okay. Uh, one more? But, okay. yeah, I guess I don't want to sh shame people that have gotten uh, normal burials or, like, families that have gotten normal burials because that is, it became a normal thing in the culture. But I think uh, it would be good for people to meditate on death more and the idea of when you're dead, um, giving back to the earth in the best way possible. And so I think, you know, if uh, if you want to think down that road, maybe consider a natural burial because I think yeah. it'd be better for the planet. Yeah, totally no, we're... totally no shaming at all. But I do think that this conversation needs to be one that's had. Like, you know, this isn't even a conversation that's had even as an option, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, or maybe it's taboo, maybe it's not, but it's just not a subject that gets brought up enough. No. Um, and I think it is something that should, because, you know, there is a lot of like, hey, let's take care of the planet talk, but there's not a bunch of like, hey, you know, one way that we're ruining the planet, wasting the ground with, like, good with ground boxes. with dead bodies and boxes, <laughs> boxes. Yeah, boxes of dead that bodies that are going right. to that aren't decomposing right and are becoming mini methane bombs underground basically like uh maybe we should talk about that and learn to let our bodies just kind of feed the earth when they're gone when yeah. we're gone i think it's just the uncomfortableness of like trying to plan out your death before it happens mm -hmm. I, I mean like clancy brings up in the show i don't i guess he's talking about his real father about how remember he when his father was in hospice care mm -hmm. and like he finally like broke down and had a moment where he like recognized clancy and his dementia or whatever and was like clancy i want you to do oh, all yeah. this stuff after i die like send food to the hospice workers and like do this and do this and like that was a cool conversation for him it sounded like to be able to like carry yeah, on yeah. those tasks after his father had passed mm -hmm. but so many people just don't want to have that conversation beforehand and that's why i feel like i've mentioned i'm just putting out to the universe several times oh. exactly how i want to not be buried <laughs> how exactly how my funeral, <laughs> i don't want my funeral to go i do not want that kind of funeral but you're right, that is a conversation that a lot of people avoid, I think, because it is uncomfortable or, I mean, I'm sure people sometimes think unnecessary because that's not going to happen for a long time. Yeah. Or I think, and I think people get uncomfortable just because it's, I think it, it's sad to think about for some people, whether you're the person talking or the person you're talking to, there can be 
an element of sadness if you bring up, hey, when I die, can you do this? Or I would like this, this, and this. Or don't do this. Or whatever. Just bringing up death in general, I feel like carry it carries a lot of baggage. Whether that baggage is sadness or anger or fear or whatever it's it can be a big can of worms to open when not necessary so i think that's why people feel uncomfortable about it that's why the show's so awesome because they have like three episodes on it <laughs> at least yeah i would talk about death but that's episode. and you know it can yeah. be an uncomfortable conversation especially if it's something that you know if you're if you're listening to this if it's something that you're dealing with now or you've like had touches with death very recently or even not recently, that are still like sitting in your body and you're still grieving them, it can be hard to sit and listen to a conversation like this or to want to engage in a conversation like this because it can trigger that grief, and that's totally understandable. But I do think you know, that's, there is a door that can be opened with this conversation, and when people are ready, they can come to have it. It is uh, interesting. I actually I can't believe I have an anecdote that I forgot about. So last night I mentioned I was at a fire uh, uh, pit with some friends, and there was one um, fire pit now girl there that there was one girl there that I think I had met before, but we thought we had maybe met once before. Um, I'm not going to say her name, uh, but she had her sister um, had just died, like just over a month ago. She said December sixth, her sister died, um, and she hadn't like told anyone except close friends which you know the three other people we were with were both close friends of ours um and uh so she had already told those three that i was joining at the campfire but she's like you're the first like stranger i've told um and i was like you know at first i just kind of let her talk a little bit um uh because she mostly was just talking about how she hadn't been talking about it. Um, and I didn't like force it out, you know, force her to talk more, but I was just like, well, I mean, have you like allowed your, all I asked was like, have you allowed yourself to like properly grieve? And um, she was like, I think so, but I'm still in the process of it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I assume grieving is a long process and it also, it's gonna hop back up you know, weeks or months or years later, too. Um, and you shouldn't, you know, push it away. Like, you don't want to get, you don't want to drown in grief, but like, grief is gonna, when you have intense losses, grief will come back. Um, and I think it's good to just like sit with it and be okay with it. And uh, so that was all I told uh, a lady I met at a fire pit last night, but. <laughs> It was kind of interesting that she that this uh, this is our topic and yeah she had like just lost her sister, um, and I don't know I I didn't know if I should be honored to be the first stranger that she was like talking it out with but it seemed healthy for her so I hope it was. I'm yeah. sure it was. That's yeah. I mean, especially if you've only been talking with people who know you or maybe know the deceased one or know your situation very well it's different when you tell a stranger because there's I mean it's different when you talk to strangers about anything because there's no expectations on either end I feel like you're both meeting on completely fresh new even ground 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which for some people makes them feel more comfortable. For others, it doesn't. But yeah, it's like you have no preconceived notions of me, but mm -hmm. I just dealt with a lot. I just dealt with the loss, and I just need to like talk it out without you knowing any background yeah. about me. Yeah. I think that that can be that can definitely be healthy for someone to just be like, I gotta I gotta just kind of talk this out a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, interesting that that happened just last night before watching this episode. That is very, interesting. Very death-heavy episode. So, what about the visuals? I was kind of lost. I don't know if either you know, of y'all have any clarity on the visuals I, in this episode, but I don't. I mean, it's basically him just trying to get his water hose back <laughs> in his yeah. bag. <laughs> chasing In his sack. In his, in his sack. No, it's a bag. And all the other stuff is pretty random. There's like a Willy Wonka elevator that they start riding on with a demon and a and the sax guy. I mm -hmm. love the sax guy. We need someone playing oh, yeah, soft sax sax music in the background of our podcast. If anyone's out there listening who can do that, please send us a message. Let's get a sax guy. Yeah. Cool or listen, listen. Cool uh, you guys should. You guys should listen to Miles Davis's album uh, Blue and Green. I mean, that's that's a great. Cool sex. You know, if you want to go down that mood. Okay, but can wanna, we get him more playing trumpet. in the background trumpet. of our <laughs> podcast? Is what I'm talking that's trumpet. About. But uh, other than that, I mean, this was one of the more... Uh, the, the episode beforehand was like the least podcasty episode. Mm -hmm. And this was probably the most, most podcasty episode where other than a slight little intro to who Caitlin is as death and like what she's going to look like. How, how can I... How do you... You know, perceive me as what she has, Clancy. How am I going to manifest? I need to manifest as something visual. Then it just becomes a conversation on death, pretty much the whole time, until he gets back. But uh, so yeah, the visuals are kind of random. But I did like the king in the in the elevator, and the ping pong balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will say. Um... Which I mean, it wasn't visually disappointing. I don't want to give that impression, but yeah, compared to like some other episode, yeah, it never is. I always enjoy the visuals, but yeah, this one, I didn't catch so much like symbolic visuals about what they were talking about. It was like him walking with death, who you know starts out with a funny um, uh, appearance, but eventually is just like a grim reaper with a weird big eyeball, with a party um, hat on it, and a party hat on it. Um, but yeah, I like, m maybe I should watch again, but I didn't see any visuals. So I was like, oh, that's probably symbolic for this that they're talking about. It all just kind of seemed more, yeah, Willy Wonka-esque, where just kind of weird stuff is going around while he's in his bag trying to get his hose to have water so he can flow down the slide rather than get a dry rub down the slide. Um, I did think they kind of called, maybe that... called uh, to the idea of the river sticks at mm -hmm. one point mm -hmm. when they're when they're like I don't remember they're just getting a boat with a guy. It's a canoe, yeah. A canoe and they're uh, oh, yeah. floating down that river during part of the conversation. I don't remember how they get out of the boat. I don't either, but I noticed that and I thought about that and then I also the whole time when they were in that elevator just like going up. So the river, take it back. The river sticks is in hell, right? Or it has well, some... Hades. Hades. Or it's how you get... That's how they transport souls to Hades, right? Is it in Hades? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, River River 6 leads to Hades. It isn't in Hades. It's like it's almost like 
the pearly gate to heaven, okay. or the pearly gate is to heaven as yes. these river sticks is to Hades. So, yeah. yes, so I saw that, thought of the river sticks, thought of Hades, and then they get in this elevator and they're going up, and I was like, oh, this must be some sort of, um, like, metaphor for going to heaven or some sort of and visualization of, of going to heaven. And you thought of Willy Wonka. <laughs> and the, there is a part where you, there is a gate, they show a golden gate, and then they also show Adam and Eve. And I don't then know they if you also saw that. pop out of a. Oh, I did. Uh, excuse me. I did see Adam yeah. and Eve. I remember that. And I was like, oh, biblical reference. Yeah. So I do. I And then I kind of thought of like the king in the elevator was like God or Jesus. I don't know. The whole time I feel like I was very intrigued by the conversation, but I feel like I was trying to piece together the visuals and I just got lost. And so then I kind of stopped trying because I was like, maybe they're just wild and crazy and they're here. And it literally is just him trying to find his. <laughs> I think that is kind of it. Now that we're getting to like the end of the season and breaking it down, like when they pitched the idea to Duncan to like make a cartoon out of this podcast he had, like I feel like this was the only thing that could fit. Something that's extremely visually captivating and entertaining, but you want people to focus on like the meat of the words from from the like the podcast or like, you know, the meat of the content they're talking yeah. about. So Instead yeah. of making some kind of corny, cheesy, like nonsensical, uh, nonlinear story that fits, that tries to fit with what they're talking about, even though it's just a conversation, they went completely opposite. And now it's just almost just like random, chaotic uh, events and scenes you watch that you can watch and your mind can be like entertained or your eyes can be entertained, but your mind is very focused on the meat of the show, which is the like their conversations. I don't know. It's it's intriguing. Yes. It's an intriguing show. In every way. It is. Yeah, that's why we're talking we're that's why we're talking about it. <laughs> why, maybe we, we should do we a love podcast show. about it. Should we do a podcast what? about this maybe show? Maybe we should do a, that might be that might not be the worst idea. But that's what's so cool yeah, about this show good. too is like this is Caleb and I's second time to watch it through Cusick your third, I think. Is this your third time watching yes, it? Yes, third third time third time watching it. When I feel like since this is our second any time we're watching it like even though we've seen all these episodes before, like something new always stands out or like something, I take something in differently than I did last time. And I think that would be the same for the future because I know I'll probably watch it again. All the future times that I watch it or listen to it is, it kind of meets you where you're at no matter where that is. And it can look or resonate with you differently, which is cool. I think that's a sign of a really good show or a really good book or movie or podcast, whatever. Yeah, I, I really think this show will endure and do it'll it'll stand the test of time because these conversations are always going to be probably at least a little taboo, but they're always going to be worth uh, exploring. Mm -hmm. And like even after you put turn an episode off, if you're watching with someone, there's always going to probably be good conversations after watching it or at least listening to an episode and watching an episode. So that's literally um, how this series like, started. Because I was like, I want to keep talking yeah. about these things. Yeah, and I think that's the cool thing about the show. It's so short as a Netflix show that the conversation pieces are, like, heavy and weighted, but then they're not, like, they don't complete. They're not finite. So you can mm -hmm, want to keep talking mm -hmm, about them mm -hmm. after the show ends, as opposed to maybe if you approach them via a podcast, you'll hear the well-rounded uh, full circle of the conversation. Here we're getting bits and tidbits and of you know, important information and uh, deep thinking 
I don't know. It's like the bullet points to start a conversation. Yes, and then you finish it, and you're like, what did yeah. I watch, watch, and what I want to talk about it. So, yeah, that's all. So have it's we convinced beautiful. you to watch the Midnight Gospel yet? <laughs> also, if you've listened this far, if you're if you're in episode seven yeah. and you haven't watched any of the Midnight Gospel, well, thanks for listening yeah. to the show at least. Yeah, but if but if listening to the show hasn't made you want to watch it, then you might not like you're it. You're probably I don't know. very confused too at a lot of episodes that we talked about. But yeah, was there anything else from this yeah, so... episode, either of you? Uh, no, I think, I, I do think, um, this episode though is a good lead in conversation to mm-hmm. the last episode, which is very beautiful and visually stimulating and the conversation is stimulating and it very much, uh, deals with the subject of death and grieving and letting go. Um, and I mean, it can be applicable to even, uh, kind of shedding off the skin of yourself and kind of your own self dying All off right, don't and spoil a it new too self much, being music. reborn. Right, yeah, I don't want to spoil episode 8, but time. we will talk yeah, we will talk about that next time. So yeah, we should close out. But Audience, it, is, it is good. Thanks. I do think they like align these episodes, mm-hmm. you know, on purpose. They're like they present you with just like the concept of death. And I almost think it's almost like a metaphor for how they're going to present in episode 8. They're like sit with death this time around. Episode 7 just like sit with the concept of death. Yeah. Because episode 8 yes. we're going to get crazy. We're going to blow yes. your fucking mind. <laughs> Blow your minds. All right. Well, until episode eight, audience, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. We, lo- we love you. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Bonkers. Peace out. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.